Welcome back, episode five. Can you believe it, Kat? No, no, I can't. <laughs> episode five. We've been doing so good. We're like professional podcasters now. We are. People <laughs> should be paying us to. Right? No, you. <laughs> oh, we're no. kidding. We don't need any money. We don't. Not but at all. no. Our cash tag is. <laughs> <laughs> You're so done. I can't stand when people do that. I know. Oh, it drives me nuts. No. Hey, I'm just, and I'm probably going to be thankful every time. I'm if you if you're still listening, thank you because sometimes I do have this like the other day I was like I've been enjoying them and I'm like am I going to have enough information all these other weeks? But it's oh, been yeah. really it's been really good because I just I really do pray about these things. You know, I don't want people <laughs> to think I'm just pulling stuff out of the air. Like oh hey, I you know in my quiet times, different times, God will give me things to share on, and I have a list going, but I. He really, this was going to be one that I was going to do several weeks down uh, down the road, and I really felt like God was like, no, this is a time. So today, we're talking about faith over feelings. Oh, mm-hmm. man, all my feelers out there, you know. We, we feel everything. <laughs> and it's funny. I think I think some people characterize their personalities like, well, I'm not a feeler. No, you are. Like, yeah. everybody feels. It's just they feel differently. Some people feel with a heart of emotion and and sadness or anger. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Brian's counselor, my husband's counselor, always talks about that, that anger is an emotion, it's a feeling. And so I think a lot of people assume I just don't have them. And some of the most angry people that say they don't have feelings actually have more feelings than than most. Yep. And But I, I really wanted to hit on this because I think in the area of faith, it's really difficult. And and I mean for people, I mean for everybody, like for myself included. And it's a journey to go on to figure out how do I have more faith in God, but at the same time, my feelings not get in the way of my faith. Yeah. Because I think they do a lot of times. And I kind of want to pull a story from the Bible because you know we love the Bible. Um, John eleven, um, and I think I'm gonna start in verse one. So I'm gonna read probably more scripture than I usually do, but I really just want to hone in on this story. Um, Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. If you remember, you know the song, Alabaster Box, this is her. This is her. Yeah, (laughs) this is her. You want me to sing it? No. (laughs) Whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord... He whom you love is ill. I love that they added that. That is so a woman. Like, I'm just going to remind you, this is the guy you really love. <laughs> this isn't like somebody you don't know. Right. Because I, I, have you ever done that in prayer? It's kind of like when you're going to God, you're like, here's, remember me, like all remember, this, remember what, what I, I do? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I had, we were, um, I totally did this and it's so wrong, but we were in Branson on a vacation together, me and Brian. And I went into the bathroom and I could hear a lady listening to Elevation Worship or maybe like watching one of the services live, but it was during the worship part. And so I was going to the restroom. It was awesome. It was so funny at the same time. And I went out there and I was like, man, awesome worship. And she was like, I know. And she started crying. I said, is there is there anything I can pray with you about? And I just ministered to her in there. And I walked out and I was like, God, just like, I, I love that, you know, we are supposed to be instant in season and out. And so we went, we went to H&M and went shopping, went down to Journeys to look at some shoes. And all of a sudden I realized that I had my wedding ring. And I was like, where is my wedding ring? And all of a sudden I remembered at H&M, I was trying on these $2 rings, okay? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, babe, I put it up on the little ledge counter thing. And I was like, 
God, please, please, you know, protect it. I mean, don't you remember? I just ministered to a lady light and Brian looks at me and he goes, that is not how God operates. Like we do not not manipulate. Yeah. We do not manipulate God. So I remember going back in there and it was still sitting there because God is so amazing, but it was one of those moments where it's like, hey, you remember the one you love. So, all right, so verse four says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. (laughs) What an epic response. Why, God, why? <laughs> and I feel like, okay, so so hear what I'm saying today. A lot of times in certain situations, things we're praying for, we feel like <clears throat> we pray about something and God doesn't move. Yeah. We feel like, so he stayed <laughs> two, two days, days longer. Like, here's this dire situation, you know, and he and he's saying it's going to be okay, which God's word tells us that, you know, even in death, death doesn't win. And I think, you know, I'm going to do an episode one time on grief because I don't feel like it's talked about a lot. I was going to have our mom yeah. on here just to kind of go through her process in what it was like when our dad passed, um, because her experience was totally different than our experience, yeah. you know, because this was somebody she was married to for 27 years and they did everything together. And, but I, I think that there are so many people that, when we are in certain situations, we feel God should respond right then. And when he doesn't, we feel like, like we talked about in the last episode that he failed us. You know, that's why I was kind of glad to kind of do these um, within the same two weeks, because I feel like this one kind of goes to the to the next level of that. Okay, so we get that God cannot fail. We know that, you know, Joshua 21, 45. So when I feel that way, because that's yeah. what we're talking about, how do I get faith activated to be louder than my feelings? Yeah. And I think that's hard for people. Yeah. You know, and I think in situations that, you know, it it depends on the situation. I think some things are easier. You have a headache and you're like, okay, so if, if let's say you pray about it and it doesn't go away, you take two Tylenol. You're not really upset with God later that day. Like you didn't come through, but you get a diagnosis that you can't take a pill for. You're like, okay, so what's going on? I know what the word says. And so I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into this story because I think I, I you, if you have ever heard me talk, I always talk about that it seems like things in the natural make people are way smarter in the natural than they are with spiritual things. Yeah. Um, you know, I get gas before I run out of gas. Yeah. Now some people don't, but you should, <laughs> okay? And but for some reason, we don't ever pray about healing till we become sick, till we're in the moment instead of living that lifestyle of, okay, God, I I want your peace. God, I need your guidance. You know, a friend of mine, she was having all these stomach issues, could not figure it out, was going to the doctor, all this kind of stuff. Doctor's like, we're gonna have to do exploratory. Like literally, we're gonna have to cut you open and go in. And it was like, oh, I mean, I don't know, you know, and she just started praying and she really felt she was supposed to go get one of those allergy testing things off of the internet. Okay. (laughs) And she was like, I don't know if this was God, you know, and her doctor's like, I don't know if you should, you know, those are not really accurate. She's like, okay. But she just kept having this like push, just do it. Well, she did it and it came back that she has a horrific allergy to eggs 
but not oh. in a sense where she would break. It was causing all of her stomach issues. She yeah. ate quiche all the time, eggs in the morning, went yeah. off, and within three days, all the pain was gone. Wow. Waited about two or three weeks, had a cookie that was made with eggs, and the stomach ache came back, and wow. realized that's all it was. I, that's thank God for the Holy Spirit right. because that was something that could be fixed. But do we always hear, you know, or, you know, there are times that, you know, there are situations that arise that we just really feel like God should respond immediately. And there are other factors involved that we don't see. So I want to kind of dig into this. So then we go to verse 14, where it says, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Now let us go. That, that, that's not going to make the, you know, woo, come yeah. on. Thank you, Jesus. Like, it was like, I'm glad. Even though back in verse four, he said, this illness does not lead to death. And I'll say this, what we can't see shouldn't determine what we believe. Yeah. And I think what he was trying to do was, I need you to trust me. And I'm, I'm not a theologian. Okay. So I want to make that very clear. But there are a lot of things playing out in this story that, for me, that I stood back and begin to see. Because in a little while longer, we're going to see Jesus have to believe that he's going to die and be raised from the dead. Oh, and he's true. in a situation right now where he's having to come and see somebody come out of a tomb, which we know later on he's going to have to do the same thing. Did he need to be a part of this story even for himself? Wow. Like we see it just for these people and what's happening for them, but did he need to see this? Did he need to see somebody walk out of a grave? It's really you good. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. One day when I was reading, I was just like, and like I said, I'm not a theologian, so I can't, can't prove any of that. I'm just saying in my heart, I thought sometimes don't we need to see things to help us believe like, okay. So there was a question. I think you told me yes. where somebody was saying, um, you see other people ask that one. When you see other people's miracles, because I think I want to answer that oh, right yeah. now. Seeing yes. a miracle for someone else and wondering if mine is too big. Okay. So the reason why a lot of times I think we need to see other miracles because to me that propels my faith. Yeah. Oh man, he's no respect or person. If he can do that, you know, and the Bible talks about, you only need a little bit of faith. Yeah. Like I think sometimes like what is the, what is the scripture? Hold on. Um, that talks about faith as a mustard seed. Yeah. Matthew 17, 20 tells us that faith, even the size of the smallest seed has the power to cast mountains into the sea. And I think sometimes we think, well, I've got to generate more faith. And I feel like God's saying, even in the smallest little, like you only believe just a little bit, that's all I need. Yeah. I just need you to give me some. I need you to give me something to do with it. And I think it's so important because, you know, if you think of, you know, in the Bible, they use a lot of gardening analogies, I feel like, in plants <laughs> and trees and growth and vines. And when you think about it, a seed is so small. And I have, I've made a garden before. I don't see it that day. It's just, but when I plant it, something begins to take place. Roots begin to dig deep. And I think that's why God is saying, if you just have a little bit, I can use this. And I think sometimes we're trying to generate, muster up this, I don't know, faith that I don't, I don't think that we can muster up on our own. I have to have God for it. And we know that he said, hey, it's in, we talked about this in the last episode, it's in your weakness, I'm made strong. So even if it's weak faith, it's still some faith. Yeah. It's 
you know? But yeah, I feel like it's also important not to be like, you might have a moment where it is a little envious of like, why am I seeing this instead of why is someone else seeing this instead of me? But it's kind of like redirecting that of like, man, I want to be so excited for them. I want to be so happy for them. Like I had moments where it was like, all of my friends were going off getting engaged and married and all this stuff. And I didn't be like, oh my gosh, like screw all of you. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you're getting married. <laughs> I filmed everybody's wedding. Right. Like, so it was like a part I of I literally was- had almost 27 dresses. Like I'm not kidding, like the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I get, I sang in everybody's. I didn't film everybody's, but I was I was, the singer. I was yes. always a videographer, never the bridesmaid. So <laughs> it's like, it happened for everybody. Oh my gosh. But it's Make like- Make a movie. I know, right? But <laughs> it's it it's hard and like, don't deny like, man, yes. that sucks. But then also be like champion them on be happy for them be like i am so happy that you got to see your promise instead of letting letting that like envious um emotion in and settling because then that's when we become bitter and that's when the enemy really has like a foothold with yeah and i think it takes up space where faith cannot be yeah you know it's it's kind of like when you know my husband has been preaching on the pruning process you know and i i think it's vitally important because if you're not if you're not getting out like you're saying all that other stuff is coming in and there's no room. There's no yeah. room for faith, even if it's a little bit. And, you know, you have to also understand, you know, and this is where it's difficult. There are going to be some things we're not going to understand. There are going to be situations that we can look and think, man, God didn't come through, but that's not the truth. Because if we could see the whole picture, it would look differently because even in death, death still doesn't win because we know where they went. You know, I know where my dad is. You know, I know when I miscarried, I know where that baby is. And I think it's trusting in the fact that we live in a fallen world. I say that again. And you can be believing God for somebody to receive healing or get healing, a family member, but if they are not hooked up to that or they're kind of just done, it doesn't matter. I had a friend of mine um, in Bible school where her mom was really fighting breast cancer heavily. And I remember her telling me, my mom says, I'm just tired. I just, I just want to, I just want to go to heaven. And I remember it didn't matter how much we prayed because at that point her mom was just ready to see Jesus. Now, when our mom got diagnosed, she was like, here, this is where my faith is. And we watched her walk that out. Now for her, it was, I'm going to go, I'm not doing chemo, but I feel peace about having the surgery. So I think it's connecting your faith with where you're at and being honest with where you're at in your faith. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of times we want to deny feelings and then have no faith. Right. And so we're not functioning in either of them. Yeah. And and you got to find one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't want to be all in your feelings and you definitely don't want to try to be so faith Christian, you know, I I, I don't want to say it in the wrong way, but so much so way that you are void of any feelings. Right. Because I've run into that in ministry, you know, you meet ministers and it's like, there's no empathy, there's no connection. And it Bible talks about Jesus was moved with the compassion. And that takes me, this is where the story gets so good. So in verse 32, it says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her, so she didn't come just to call Jesus out by herself. She brought a posse. She brought everybody. Uh, she brought everybody. We're also weeping. He was moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid them? And then it says, Jesus wept. Okay, so a lot of times where people get hung up on this is Jesus wept because Lazarus had died. No, Jesus has already said, 
so many times, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory. I'm glad I wasn't there. Why was he weeping? I believe that he wept because his heart was breaking for the fact that Mary and them were questioning his goodness. Wow. That they were questioning. It was like for for him in that moment, it's like, they, they, I'm not, I, they're not able to see what I'm doing here. And they think that I have failed them. Yeah. They think I don't love them. They think after everything, because you know in her mind she's thinking, I showed up in a room as a prostitute that wasn't even allowed to be there, broke open all the money I had made in a year. Not only gave my money, gave up what I was going to be doing that brought me that money. I did all this, and I asked you to come one time. One time I asked you to show up, and you don't. Wow. You failed me. And I think that's where he was moved in that moment, where where it hurt. And I'll remember right after I had had um, Jaylee, you know, and it had been a long process and she was about six months old. And I remember looking in the rear view mirror at her because I had done that before I had ever had kids. I'd always thought it's going to be so awesome when I can look in the rear view mirror and see them. And I did that and I just smiled and I heard God say, do you know, do you know how it was difficult for me when you were believing for a baby? And, and how it was hard on me. And I was like, what? Hard on you? I mean, you're God. Like you saw the whole thing. Like you knew. And he said, yes, but I had to feel you wonder if I cared. Wow. Wonder if I heard you. And he said, as a father, that broke my heart. It was like, oh my gosh. And it's like in these moments where, because listen, we live where time exists and heaven time doesn't exist. So to God, it could have been two seconds I mean, you know what I mean? It says a a year there can be a thousand here, you know, or a day. I mean, it says, you know, I don't know exactly what it says, but it's one of those things, thousand years, whatever. And, um, but it talks about that, that, you know, there's no time. So here, God, God in a sense is capped by time. Because understand if we were all living in heaven, we would not be capped by time. Time wouldn't even exist because it says we're going to be there for eternity and we can't wrap our head around that. But here we are. And I think what I've always had to remind myself is that, while I'm waiting, God is working. And God was setting the stage for everything that was going to happen. You know, when you read on in the story, Jesus goes in there, he tells him to roll the stone away, which we see when he's raised from the dead. There's just so much correlation there that I think is so beautiful. You have to go in and just kind of dig in and you'll see what I mean. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth. And there's this moment where they see that this guy who has said he is the Messiah, he is Jesus, that they're really seeing he really is. But I also think their faith had to get to a place where they could believe too that somebody could walk out of a tomb because it was going to take them believing that when Jesus died on the cross, he was coming back yeah. because they'd seen it before. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is there's so many different miracles and things we're going to see throughout our life. And there's going to be times that we don't have answers and we didn't see the miracle we were wanting and we didn't see that. But know that there is a God who's saying, I will weep with you. And when we're at a place where all our questions can be answered, I'll answer them. You know, there's just some things we're not going to know in heaven. What I do know is the enemy didn't win. He doesn't win at the end. He just doesn't. There is, because even the way Jesus said this, he didn't really die. Well, it's very confusing because they did bury him. But death death is not final. And I think that's something that we're not, 
I, I think it's hard for our finite minds to grab a hold of, hold of, but death is not the final say. And I think what God is always saying is that demonic activity is never going to get the final say in anything. You know, it's why I, that's why I'm a huge proponent, um, not for abortion, no matter what the circumstances, not that I don't care about, but it's because demonic activity cannot have the final say, you know, and if you know anything about us, we adopted a baby. So we are doing something about that. We're not just coming again. It's like, no, from a situation that her birth mom had every right to, according to why they do what they do, it was. But you know what? I thank God for that woman knowing and hearing the voice of God and having people surround her to say, no, you can do this, have this baby. And now we have this beautiful baby that's going to live out her purpose. And because I just don't think demonic activity can have the final say, but it's going to take people of faith to push past feelings of doubt, of unbelief, of frustration, of questions and say, okay, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I know that. So I, so I've, I, I, I've got to get it there. What is that is, um, Hebrews eleven sixteen says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I want to please God, I've got to have faith, but it's okay. You don't have to have a bundle of it. Yeah. I just need you to have a little bit. Yeah. I also think it's like remembering the moments, you know, that there's that song, like a million little miracles Yes, and like Love remembering the, and that's from, um, is it from Elevation? Elevation. Or yeah. Okay. They're both of them are yes. combined. It's yes. Joel Barnes. He's great. Yes. But, um, I love that song because it really hones in on all these little miracles. It's like, if you just hone in on the one thing that you're not getting and you completely forget about everything else God has done for you, then like, what, like, how is that helping? How, what are you saying right. with that of like, God, you didn't do enough. And we say a lot of time, like you say from the stage, if God does not do one more thing for me, I still love him. Oh. And he even says to us, like, if you don't do anything for me, I still love you. Right. So it's like this thing of like, God, even if you don't come through for something, like I still love you and I still serve you. I don't love you because of what you can do for me. I love you for already dying. Like you already yes. sent a son. You already gave me Jesus and the Holy yes. Spirit. I'm going to heaven. Right. That should be enough. But sometimes with us, we're like, but we want more. And sometimes God's like, what you want and this isn't in relation to like healing or some of that. This is just like our wants that we yeah. we think that we need this or we want this. We want something more. He's like, you might want this right now. And sometimes it's the timing of like yep. the timing's not right. Sometimes it's like, you don't ever need this. Like I thank right. God for some of the things that I was like, God, I need this. Right. I want this. And he was like, nope, no, this is not a thing. And something Brian even said Sunday was sometimes because he was talking about pruning and stuff. He said, sometimes what God tried to take out of your life is what eventually takes you out. Yep. And I I feel like he knows what can take you out. He knows what can slow you down in your purpose and your walk with him or even in your life. And he's like, I know you want this, but this isn't something that you need right now, or this isn't something that you need at all. And it's like, I have to trust God of like, he knows the best for me. And it seems crazy in the moment to be like, you're leaving something in someone's hands that you cannot see, but you're like, I trust you anyways. I'm yeah. giving it to you. And it's it's not my it's not, we don't need to know the answers to everything. We can ask God all the questions we've got, but we technically don't need to know the answers. He's like, I just want you to trust me and have faith that I'm out for your best interest and your best good. And then running with that. And I think trusting is huge. Yeah. I don't think you can have faith without trust, Yeah, you know? And I think that's why it's vitally important that we find our, that we find ourselves in intimate times with God you know, that abiding time where I'm spending time with him. And, you know, I would even encourage you, I've got a journal that is like, 
it's a five-year journal and it only has little like has a little place where you can put the date and like paragraph size. So on one page is you can put five different dates. So, you know, 2020, 2021, 22, 23, 24, and writing certain things down and then going back several years later, you're remind you're able to see, "Oh my gosh, I forgot I was believing God for this and this came through." Yeah. You're forgetting all the little miracles that God did. You know, it's like you can get it was a miracle that I I ever met Brian, that there was yeah. somebody that saw me on a night leading worship that I wasn't supposed to be there. And then those people somehow emailed somebody that was no longer at that place, but the email still went through and then they connected and then they reached out and then can you lead worship here? And then I met him. I mean, there's all these little things that had to be intricately intertwined for us to meet that night. Yeah. And it was like, God just knows what he's doing. And when you step back and just say, okay, I trust you. And sometimes it's simple. I mean, I'll never forget when I was believing God for uh, to get pregnant, we went to a meeting, and this lady who's very prophetic was getting ready to pray over me, and I was like, "Here it comes! She's gonna give me something so prophetic about a baby because she was laying hands on my on my womb." And I was like, "Here it comes!" And she looked at me and she goes, "God knows your baby's birthday," <laughs> and I'm waiting for more. Yeah. And she walked off, and I'm like, "I mean, she's given other people profound prophetic yep. words," and I'm like, "That's what I get." But it was like, that is profound, like. What she was saying was, stop stressing about it. What God was saying was, I, don't don't worry about it. It's yeah. going to be. And what ended up being so crazy about it was one, a couple, um, six nights before my dad had passed, he had been giving us kind of like old school Bible way, like they used to prophesy over the kids before they died. That was pretty much what dad was yeah. doing, which was really cool. And he was prophesying different things that, you know, we've seen them all unfold. Yeah. But I remember him talking about the baby I would have. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Well, two, you know, he, that was on November 7th, um, because I have a picture because I'm sitting on the hospital bed that was in our living room with him and his arms around me while he was talking to me. So I have a picture of that. And then six days later, he passed. And then two weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant on Thanksgiving, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was like near Thanksgiving. And so super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, he prophesied this. This is so awesome. One, he died and then there's a new life coming. So, you know, we were just trying to find joy in all this. And then two weeks after that, I miscarried. And I remember just being so, so frustrated. I was like, why would you ever give me a word about a baby right. that was going to die? Like, I didn't need, like, you could have, like, maybe put that in there. Like, you'll lose this one, but there'll be another one. Like, I remember being, yeah. I was, like, I was frustrated about miscarrying, but I was almost more frustrated about the word. Yeah. I don't know what it was. So years and years passed. I ended up having Jay super, you know, it was awesome. And we're like, God's so great and all this stuff. Well, last year we're looking through pictures and um, Brian, we're sitting there and he's like, oh, this picture of, of you and your dad. And I was like, so cool. And he goes, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what? He goes, look at the date. Well, if you don't know this, my child was born on November 7th. My dad spoke that prophetic word on November 7th. Crazy. Yeah. And it was like, what are the chances of that? That he, what was happening was God was giving me a word to hold on to, knowing what I was getting ready to go through. And I somehow put the word that it was that baby when this was another one. It was like God was saying, listen, I'm giving you a word. So in two weeks, when this, this other baby that you're going to lose comes to be with me. And there was something beautiful. God showed me all that. And I'll share in, a, in a, another podcast. But it was like what God was saying was, I'm giving you a word to hold on to the promise that's still to come. Yeah. And I think God does that. And I think sometimes we miss them because we're looking for some, we're either looking for the answer we're not getting. So we're not hearing what he is saying. Yeah. You know? And so did you have any other questions um, as we wrap this one up? Um, 
So seeing a miracle for someone else. Um, no, we did that one. Yep, yeah. We did. Okay. Uh, how much of seeing God's goodness and glory is dependent on our obedience? Well, I will say this. God's glory is happening no matter what. Yeah. My ability to be a part of it will be due to my obedience. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I feel oh like my gosh. Yeah. Because I think if somebody tells me, hey, I've got an account for you at this at this bank with this amount of money, but you got to go get it. Naturally, I would go and get it. I think a lot of times God can show us, hey, to see more of this. You know, um, I know for me, um, there were things that I cried out to see as a worship leader, as a pastor, but to see more of it was me being obedient to letting go of certain things in my life. I, I'm, I don't listen to any secular music. It was something that God, I asked God, I want to be at this place in your presence, in your glory. I want to hear this, see this. I don't need the creativity from the world. I don't agree with that. That's just my opinion. Um, God created music. So to me, he can show me and I don't need to hear it from somewhere else because then that can jade what I'm, you know, trying to Also, the devil was a worship leader. I know, right? I know, I know. So he might know something about that, but that's where I begin to just be obedient with what God asked me because I say, Said, this is what I want to see. And he said, okay, well, then in order to see that, this is what you need to do. Yep. So I do think it hinges on our obedience for us to be a part of it, for us to truly see it. It's going to happen, mm-hmm. but others might be seeing things you're not seeing, or other people are experiencing things in their life that we are not. We're saying, God, I want to see more of you. God, I want more anointing. I want more of this. But it is going to take more of a laying down, a dying to self to see that. Oh God. Um, we'll just uh, end on this last one here. Um, they said waiting. When I want something, I want it now. Waiting is so hard for me. And I think it goes back to reminding yourself that he is working while we're waiting. And you there's know? a bigger plan, I feel like, too. It's so like much. having that perspective of like, like you said, like God knew Jay's birthday and yeah. all this stuff. And it's just being like, you know what, if he understands it, it's just like an author writing a book. They know exactly what each character is going to do, how it's going to end for each person. And it's yeah. like, it's just trusting and being like, he knows. Yeah. And so if I'm not seeing it right now, um, is there something on my end I could be doing or is it just waiting? Because that's that could be that too. And it, it just kind of depends, I feel like. But um, waiting is very hard. Don't, yes. don't diminish that. It is very difficult. You'll have these moments where it's ups and downs and it, you just want to just be like, nope, I'm done. I'm just done waiting because yeah. there are moments where you kind of can give up of just being like, nope, I'm going to do something for myself. And there are those opportunities that will show itself. Oh, yeah. But it's being just, you know, having wisdom and being like, is this God or yeah. is this just making me wanting to make something happen? Yeah. Which most of the time for me, I'm just wanting to make something <laughs> happen. So God's yes. like, no, no. Yeah. And I mean, I think that takes us back to Hebrews 12, 2, that says that he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author. Yeah. Remember that you're life is a story. It's a journey. And we've all watched the movies. We've all read the books where it's like plot twist. Oh my gosh, what just happened? And you know what? You're going to have moments where there's a plot twist. I didn't see that coming. Oh my gosh. But have an adventure. Okay, God, how are we getting out of this one? Okay, yeah. God, what are you doing to navigate me through this journey, through this part of it, what it's going to look like? And listen, Lazarus dying, that was the plot twist. Yeah, It was like, I'm so confused. You could have come. You just decided to chill two days later and wait. And it was like, that was part of the plot twist. But look what they got to see. And I just think there is so much more for us to see. And I am. I am somebody that is... 
I want to see more signs, wonders, and miracles, but I believe we have to come with an expectancy. I believe we have to show up, man, show up at your churches ready. You know, that's one thing that I love about pregnant women. They live in expectancy, and the Bible tells us that we are the bride. And I think about the day that I stepped into the church to marry Brian. And I mean, I was ready. Everything, I had done everything that day to get ready. And I think to myself, what if we showed up, not in a wedding dress, that's not what I'm saying, but what if <laughs> we showed that. up every Sunday ready? Yeah. An expectancy of today, I am seeing the King of Kings. Today, I'm going to experience something I haven't experienced before. Today, I get to worship with other believers that are contending just in much. They're, they're in stories that have plot twists right now that they weren't ready for, but we get to come into a room, and we get to worship, and we get to say, okay, God, here it is. We're going to trust you. But right now, my feelings are saying one thing. Right now, my feelings are trying to tell me this, but right now, I'm in this room because I need I need to build my faith. Or you just go home and say, I'm putting on worship music. I'll do that a lot. I just need to build my faith. I remember when we had just gotten Anaya. We had only had her for two days, and there was a little bit of a scare that maybe we weren't going to be able to keep her. And I remember for three days, I just had to keep worship music yeah. on. I had to keep, it is well with my soul. No matter what, God, you have a plan. And if this is part of the plot twist, I'm not going to be a hundred percent happy, but I'm going to trust you in it. But there was something that honestly solidified so much in me with God, my bond with, I mean, you want to talk about bonding with a child that it was was done. Like that was it. And it was like, but I was at a place where I said, God, I have to trust you in this story of what it looks like. And if we were only supposed to hold her for five days and that was it, I'm going to trust you in that, even though you're going to have to help me because this is going to crush me, but I'm going to trust you because above all else, I know he he has my best interest at heart. Oh my so gosh. Good. So, so good. good. All right. Well, we love you guys. <laughs> totally do. And please, please let us know um, if you're enjoying these. If you're not, just don't listen. Um, but please remember, don't forget to subscribe. I know I tell you to, but if you can just leave like a little review, it is just so encouraging. I'm a words of affirmation person. He loves the words. I just love the words. So any little thing that you could put on there just to say, hey, we love you guys or we're loving this um, or even some testimonies. My gosh, I would love to share testimonies because I want to know what God's doing in your life. Um, So please send those my way and remember your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.